Tech Talk with Matthew Dickerson. Matthew Dickerson. Tech, 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 tech talk. Tech, 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 tech talk. Sit back and relax. It's time to talk technology. Hello, tech junkies. It's time for another fabulous tech talking session with our prophet for the future, Mr. Matthew Dickerson. I'm your host, James Eddy. How are you, Matt? Yeah, steady on there, James. Prophet of the future. <laughs> You're getting a bit carried away now, but I appreciate the sentiment. Now, listen, for this first story, I've got um, this visual image of Arnie Schwarzenegger uh, with his big fat boy cigar. He jumps into his, his enormous Hummer and he goes to turn it over. And, and instead of getting this uh, guttural sort of sort of um, turning over there of, of the Hummer's V8 engine, instead we hear this electric whiz. Tell me, Hummers are changing their tack completely. It, it is actually funny, James, because I think of exactly the same thing as you, Arnie Schwarzenegger. When I think of Hummer, I think of someone like Arnie. You need to be that big to need this great big Hummer. And in the past, you're right, they've had these big V8, 6.2-litre V8s in them. But as the rest of the motor industry is doing, they're moving to the future. And the future is electric. And the, the electric, I mean, if it's going to be a Hummer, it's going to be a good electric vehicle. It's not, they're not just going to put a little tiny little um, matchbox sort of engine in there, or electric engine in there. So they've, they've gone big. They've gone for two motor versions and a three motor version. The two motor version, 466 kilowatts. The three motor version, 619 kilowatts. So, Holy smokes. But it's a big vehicle too. So you need that sort of power to move it along. But it does move it along. Zero to one hundred and three and a half seconds. That's ridiculous. And think, think before all these EVs started coming out. If someone said they just bought a, a supercar and it did zero to one hundred and three and a half, you'd be going, "Yeah, wow, that's pretty impressive." Now three and a half, you know, is, is not too bad compared to some Teslas and some other cars coming out. But it's a big it's unit. A, it's an enormous Hummer. <laughs> right. So it's it's actually uh, again with with EVs, it's all about range and it seems to be all about acceleration as well i think that's because that's the real competitive advantage they've got over ice cars so range of this not too bad 480 kilometers but i don't think the hummer is the sort of vehicle you get in to drive around australia i think it's the sort of vehicle you get in to drive short trips or just drive down the main street of, the, of your city and and show off <laughs> and put the foot down and show off the the engine noise hold on it's a bit of a problem <laughs> with these ones but but you can drag off some kids at the traffic lights i suppose yeah and i'm just thinking the, the writing's got to be on the wall for these petrol powered cars now like uh, if if Hummer's going to electric, then there's no excuses. Pretty much um, they're all going to go that way, yeah? Yeah, I think that's exactly right. So keep an eye out for this. Probably on sale in 2023 in the US. In Australia, well, look, we're a little bit behind the times. We just seem to be dragging the chain a little bit. So they might not introduce it here at all. They might. It depends whether our government pulls their finger out, I suppose. Not getting too political here. But <laughs> but I think that's the, a bit of the problem is that a lot of car manufacturers aren't bringing cars into Australia because the government's showing no likelihood that they're going to put some strategies in place. But look, hopefully we'll see it over here. I'd love to see... Yeah, fingers crossed. ...driving down the road, this big Hummer making no noise at all. Sounds fantastic. Oh, wow. Here's a story of someone caught with their pants down, right? Literally. And the big question is, who's the one person you wouldn't want to send an X-rated video to? Well, well, particularly I'm, of yourself. Well, of myself, that's right. I, I, I try not to make too many extra videos yeah, we're cutting back, just yeah? in case they don't go into the right hands. But if you're going to send one to someone, your mum would be the last person you'd send it to. And unfortunately, uh, a young lady, Cara Tonin from Canada, did exactly this. Now, she wow. wasn't deliberately sending it to her mum. She's got this great little feature that's a, a part of many online storage or photo storage facilities where you can tag a photo and say, every time you see this photo automatically put it into a certain album. Great feature. And then she'd gone a step further and thought, oh, look, mum would love to see photos of her grandson, you know, her son. Of course. So every time you see a photo of my son, just send those photos off to mum. 
Now, for whatever reason, I don't want to go into the details here, but she decided to make an X-rated video in the kitchen. And <laughs> unfortunately, in the background, on the fridge, a picture oh, of the no. sun. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> so you can see where it's going. Google Drive said, hey, there's a photo of your son in this video. Fantastic. We'll just send off that to the album and let your mum know that there's a new video there of your son. <laughs> A tricky one to explain your way out of. That's right. Yeah, and perhaps a My, case of AI working a little bit too hard. And that's the thing. When we talk about artificial intelligence, it's not really intelligent. It's just following a bunch of rules. We create the rules, and yeah. if the rules aren't created quite correctly, then guess yeah. what? You get to see X-rated videos. But that's the thing. If you're going to create the rules, you've got to be accounting for every situation where that rule is going to apply. Yeah, um, that's right. So anyway, um, keep that in mind next time you're making X-rated videos. Tonin of Canada. Yeah. Um, no more um, special videos. No, that's right. Social media uh, has had an enormous part on, on all our modern lives. Is it soon going to be harder to create a social media account? Yeah, this is a really tough one, and I can see both sides of the argument really clearly here. The government's actually considering a report where, just like you go into a bank and create a bank account, you need 100 points, you might need 100 points of ID to create a social media account. Now, on the first instance, when I heard that, I went, that's fantastic. There are people that create these fake media accounts, fake social media accounts, and they go and try and influence public opinion. I'm sure governments use them in election campaigns, for example, but there's a whole range of things where you you just know that some of the, the profiles you're reading just have that air, that yeah, smell of fakeness about that's them. That's right, yeah. So I thought, great, 100-point ID, fantastic. That'll make the whole social media world a bit more answerable. It's pretty hard to go and bully someone online, for example, if the person that's doing the bullying is actually real and someone can go back and knock on their door and say, hey, yeah, I didn't back like off. what you said. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, right, so it's all traceable. That but sounds I, fantastic. I think we kind of know where this is going to go, though, because, <laughs> uh, you know, for every every good part, there's going to be something bad as well, yeah? Yeah, that's right. And, and the, I suppose the main thing that people are pointing to is the social media organisations out there have had some significant data breaches, and I'm talking hundreds of millions of components of data, people's information is being leaked out there online from time to time. So it's bad enough if it's your name that gets leaked out there with maybe a couple of details, but add 100 points of ID... And then identity theft could go through the roof. Yeah, bingo. So what you're looking at, passport numbers, you're looking at all those big details that you're going to keep as guarded as possible. Yeah, so it's a a tough one for a government to decide upon. I can see the positives, but again, I can see some of those potential negatives. And some people are saying that some people out there, the anonymity of social media makes it much easier for them to participate in the social media world. They're maybe a bit shy. They don't want to actually say who they are in there. So I can see that aspect of it as well. So it's a tough one, but you've got to weigh up the good versus the bad, are there more good outcomes versus bad outcomes? And I don't have the answer for that one today, James. Yeah, look, and, and, and I think it's another case of you build a bigger mousetrap and Mother Nature is sure enough going to build a bigger mouse. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> wow. Um, I like that. <laughs> fireworks, they're thousands, of, well, a thousand years old at least. Um, uh, but from the country that developed the whole idea of fireworks, and, and, and I'm, uh, yeah, f- from my understanding, fireworks have come from China, They've now got a new way to present a light show in a big way. It is a big way, and this has been developing over a few years now, but you use drones, drones with lights on them. And so rather than throw a bunch of gunpowder into the air and and burn some magnesium or various metals and make some beautiful colours up there in the sky... They send drones up there, but you can imagine, well, one drone, one little light on there doesn't sound that exciting. So you add more drones and more drones. And so they've just created a new Guinness World Record for the most number of drones in a light show. 
3,281 drones. This blows me away. <laughs> but, but they're all in, in sync. All synchronised, all perfectly synchronised, so that you've got various logos you can put in the air. It was a, an occasion, the, the arrival of Genesis, the car brand Genesis in China, was the reason they did this. And, and obviously, they didn't want to burn a bunch of gunpowder in the air. They thought, we'll do it in a modern way. We're launching a modern car brand. Let's use 3,281 drones. But it looks quite spectacular. I've watched the video, and it's unbelievable how they get into formation and sit there. One thing, I'm not sure that I want to be on the ground just watching it because the noise, one little drone, I've got one little drone, I fly around, it's a bit noisy. Imagine 3,281 of those up in the air. So it's it's been developing for a while. Um, Back in 2018, I remember there were 1,218 drones used in a light show for the Olympics. And so various companies have been trying to outdo each each other. So 3,281 is the current Guinness World Record. We'll talk in a few weeks' time, James. I'm sure we've we'll be beaten a game. There'll be 10,000 there. But, right. but what gets me is, like, uh, the sky can be quite unpredictable. I mean, we, yeah, with, with breezes that kick up. And these little things, they can just just manage it and keep in perfect sync. I just, yeah. It blows me away. I actually find, even using a normal drone, again, I've got one that I play with from time to time, and, and I put it up there and just take some videos or take some photos, not of my neighbours, of course, <laughs> but, but you, you watch how still it is. And so exactly as you are talking about there, some breezes come along. It's just there's wind up there, yeah. but it just is so well engineered that it stays perfectly still when you want it to. So this synchronisation is just really showing off how good technology is now. Yeah, that's amazing. Into another piece of um, amazing technology, virtual reality. They've had some really fun applications of that. And, you know, for people who, who like to play around with that sort of stuff, there's some really fun applications, but we're getting a bit more serious these days with this. Yeah. And the US Army is, is picking up on the augmented reality? Yeah, and it is. Look, VR headsets are fantastic, and when you're in them, I mean, it, it is actually... I feel quite sick in the stomach going through a roller coaster VR, for example. Well, they're, they're quite there real. are rules about whether or not you're allowed to drive after using them. Is that right? Uh, that's yeah. right. You, you can actually be so disoriented that you, you shouldn't go and undertake normal activity. So they're, they're fantastic. But the Army just awarded Microsoft, of all companies, I, I wouldn't have picked Microsoft as one that would develop this first, but they've just given them a $22 billion contract to supply combat troops with augmented reality headsets. And so it's not something... I originally thought this might be just in some training arenas and, and just try and get the troops out there training with them, but they're actually going to be used in real-world combat. And the idea will be you'll be able to feed information through to the troops through their AR headsets so that you'll be able to look out across a landscape and identify certain things on that landscape, whether it be other people out there that you might want to be you know, combating against, if you like, yeah. in a real-world scenario, whether it might be other weapons out there, uh, just the terrain, just a whole range of things that you can then get fed into your eyesight effectively. So you're watching out across a normal landscape, but you're getting fed this extra information. So quite incredible in terms of what they'll be able to do with it. Yeah, wow. So we're sort of heading towards this sort of cyborg universal soldier type thing, from uh, which was you know, dreamed up years and years ago by Hollywood. Yeah. We're getting closer and closer to that for your everyday Grunt, that's solid. right, and let's let's hope at some point they never need it, but let's hope at some point we might actually have not people in them, but as you yeah. say, maybe cyborgs. They they might fight the next world war. Who knows? Wow. wow. Yeah. Okay. Some big news on the social media security front now. Another social media site has had a data breach. 
Who was it this time? Yeah, look, going on from the 100-point ID check that we are talking about before, Facebook has had a, a leak of 533 million oh, wow. bits of information. Oh, no, sorry, that's users' information. So lots more information, but 533 users had the information leaked. Now, what a nightmare. Uh, what a nightmare. And it's a little bit old, the data, but it doesn't really matter because you might have updated some of your details, but probably your date of birth hasn't changed, hmm. your name hasn't changed, probably your email address hasn't changed. So some of these bits of information are out there. And the really scary thing about a data breach like this is if someone steals your credit card, then they might steal a couple hundred dollars and make a purchase. But banks are pretty good now and they might refund that or they'll, they'll get on it pretty quickly. But identity theft, and this is what people are after when they steal this sort of information, they want to do identity theft. And once they steal your identity, and I've had some clients who have had their identity stolen, it is a major drama to get your life back. You have defaults on loans. You might not be able to get a phone account. You might not be able to get a loan on your house, for example, because they look at your records and they say, sorry, Mr. Bill Bloggs with this date of birth, you've done all these terrible things here. And no, that, that wasn't me. I had my identity stolen. But you've got to try and prove that. Prove that. And, and again, part of that process is, well, you've got the same name and date of birth as someone else. That's not very likely. So it must have been you. You must be making it up. So it's a really tough one. So everything that we fell back on in the past as uh, our security, as, as our alibi, is now out the window, isn't it? Pretty much. And that's why that 100-point ID, add in things like your birth certificate or your, your passport, as you mentioned before, add in those extra bits of information, your driver's licence details. Suddenly, it's going to be really hard for someone to prove that it wasn't them who did all these terrible things. And, and mainly it relies to... It relates to defaults on loans or, or taking out contracts, whether it be phone contracts or loan contracts, that are incurring some debts and they're not paying them back. That's the main thing that some of these scammers are after. Once they can get someone else's money and not have to pay it back, well, happy days for them. And it's easy to relax into a feeling of false security that oh, I've just given my information to Facebook. Facebook will look after it. Yeah. yeah. We have uh, maybe too much trust in some of these large organisations. You hope the CEOs of these large organisations stay up at night just thinking, how can I make sure that I protect the data of the users that trust us? I suspect they sit up at night and think, can I make more money? So, yes, so. <laughs> probably not. The big question on my mind um, is, how can I check to see if my data was part of this breach? Yeah, there is actually a side, believe it or not, and, and this is what is crazy about society, is the, the more we see things happen, other things pop up that can try and help us with those things that happen. So you get a data breach, then you can actually go to a, a site now, and it's called... Have I been pawned? And pawned is P W N E D. Right. Not quite sure why they've done that, but it's, it's yeah. what it is. So, uh, have I, I been pawned? You can go to that site and you can type in some basic details about yourself. Uh, I think it normally just starts with your email address, put in that, and it will then give you some information about whether or not you've been pawned. Uh, at some point there, they'll probably give you some advice or they'll try and sell you something, I'm sure. But it, it really is just a, an initial point to try and let you know whether or not in all these data breaches, whether it basically tries to match your details, your email address, for example, with the data that's been leaked against the database that they obviously maintain and then see whether or not your data was part of that breach. So pretty scary if you do it yeah. and pretty scary if it says, yes, you are, were part of that breach. Wow, it is a crazy world that we live in these days. Yeah. Speaking of crazy, look, the tech industry moves really fast. And one of the biggies from the past has um, had a major status change. Um, so which company... It was once number three on the smartphone um, stocks, I guess. Um, they've given up on their smartphone business completely. It does seem incredible how quickly technology business has changed, but you're right. Someone that was number three in the smartphone business, number three in worldwide sales, you think they'd be pretty safe for a few years to come, but LG have just made the announcement that they're out of the smartphone business. They're wow. gone. Yeah. Now, LG have had some pretty cool 
phones or concepts that have come out. They've had the swivel phone, which was a, a bit of an interesting concept. The roll-up phone. In fact, the roll-up phone was one that they released not so long ago as a, as a concept at an electronic show recently. So people thought, that's a pretty cool concept. When are you going to release that phone? Well, it would seem that never is now the answer. Yeah. But it, it does go to show just how quickly things change. Uh, you've got some big players at the moment with, say, Samsung and Xiaomi and Huawei and, and obviously Apple in there. But again, some of those brands, I mean, not many people have heard of Xiaomi, for example, They've really rocketed up the smartphone stakes. And, and again, who knows whether they'll be there next week, next month, next year. It just changes so quickly. So is it just about the competition that they just find that the, it's not worth the trouble for, with the competition? I think for some reason, LG, you, you really need to, to capture the imagination, I think, in the smartphone market. Because the reality is most smartphones do pretty much the same thing. In particular, in the Android space, if you're talking about Android versus Apple, ignore Apple for the moment. In the Android space, most of these phones that were coming out, the LGs, the Huaweis, the Samsungs, they're all running Android. So the actual operation of the phone is pretty similar. And then it just comes down to any particular features, a killer camera, for example, you might have, any particular features. And, and, and for whatever reason, I don't know why, but LG just didn't really capture the hearts of people. It just didn't really get that... I suppose, romantic notion or, or that real love of the of the phone. People bought them, obviously. They bought them in reasonable numbers at some stage, but people didn't fall in love with them. And so as time goes on, people went and chose other phones and, and LG was left by the wayside. Yeah, well, you, you talk about the, the new innovations that they bring in smartphone technology. I'm wondering where the next thing that they're going to go for. Uh, what, what's the next big thing? And so, you know, they seem to be chasing this Star Trek ideal and Maybe we're headed for teleportation or something. I don't know. But, um, yeah, have you got any ideas about where we might be heading uh, with well, smartphones? Well, look, all I want, James, is a phone that – because go back before smartphones, phones were getting smaller and smaller. And my favourite phone that I had before smartphones came along was a little tiny Nokia, and it would fit in the coin pocket on your jeans. It was that small. <laughs> I thought it was absolutely fantastic. It doesn't fantastic. become, un, like, un, impractical. Well, when you, when you just want to make a phone call on it, it was fine. I mean, texting was a bit tough yeah, on yeah. it, but just a phone call, it was great. You could put it in your coin slot or, or in your coin pocket, and, and away you go out to the pub, and it was fantastic. And I thought that was great. But now with smartphones, obviously I want as big a screen as possible. So all I'm after is a phone that's still small enough to put in the coin pocket of my jeans. But when I look at it, I want it to be as big as a TV screen. So yeah, well. am I asking too much? <laughs> well, I don't think so. I think <laughs> it's probably probably by Christmas you'll be uh, able to have your wish. Thanks. There are other ways to make millions, not just in, well, I guess, yeah, developing tech, but in exploiting tech. Um, what's the easiest way to make a million in a couple of weeks? Well... I'm not sure it work for everyone, but just turn your video on and ask people to subscribe and pay to watch you live your life. I That's guess. a pretty lazy way to make a million bucks. It does sound like it, but there's one particular Twitch star in America, and uh, he's made a million, about 1.2 million in, in a couple of weeks. And so basically what he did was he said to his subscribers, and he had about half a million before this began on Twitch, he said, I just want you to subscribe, and look, I only want five bucks, and for every five bucks that you give me, I'll add 20 seconds to how long I'll keep streaming for. I'm not sure if he had any idea how long it would go for, but after a couple of weeks of consistent streaming, streaming him sleeping, eating, having a shower, he wore shorts in the shower so it wasn't X-rated, he just streamed his whole life and he just kept doing it. And then it got to the point where this is crazy, I'm going to have to go forever, I'm going to cut it back to be 10 seconds for every $5. And people kept subscribing and kept subscribing. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm with you, James. I'm with you. But I mean, not for him. I mean, well, I guess you know the, the people. He's got to make sure that people are able to watch him. But yeah, just 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 to exist uh, without a script, 
without a script, just kept going on. He had flatmates, so he, he lives with a few other people. And so there's no the- talent going into this whatsoever. No, no talent, no effort in on any part at all, other than he's just living his life. You just live your life, go about your day on a day-to-day basis, and you know if the dog barks in the background, that's part of the the whole video. It's just you just this keep is streaming. This a world that. gone crazy. He, he, did, he did get to the point where he said, "I'm going to have to stop. I'm I'm giving a limit, 31 days." I think he probably thought, "I've made enough money now." So yeah, millions, <laughs> millions enough. But he said, "I'm going to have to stop because I don't know, maybe my health reasons or whatever." But I think it was just he probably pocketed enough money. He added a few subscribers in the process. He, he as I said he started off with half a million. He, he was up to about 2.2 million subscribers after a couple of weeks. But uh, what a crazy way! So anyway, after you finished here, just duck home, turn the video on, ask those subscribers to start paying <laughs> to watch your life. There you go, folks. You don't. Even need a good idea. You just need an idea. That's it. And you can write your own check. Yeah? <laughs> yeah? Well, if only, if only. Well, I've got to say, your work, again, once again, is it's enlightening uh, and it's been thoroughly enjoyable talking with you again, Matt. Great, James. Always look forward to it. Uh, and I hope you listeners uh, agree that it's been, once again, well worth tuning in to Tech Talk with Matt Dickerson. I'm your host, James Eddy. Thanks for listening.